welcome to the Transformational Storyteller Podcast. The stories we tell ourselves and others shape the lives we lead. I'm your host, Dara Lise Lyons. Welcome to another episode of the Transformational Storyteller Podcast, where the stories we tell ourselves determine the lives that we lead. My guest today, Davida Garfield, has been through some incredible adversities and the fact that she has used them to be able to live a purpose-driven life where she is um, just helping others and creating an impact in the world, especially an impact with women, is beyond inspirational. And I just can't wait to hear more about her and about her story. In 2011, my childhood best friend committed suicide, and and that really was the moment that I realized my life was changed forever. Uh, It was the first time that I'd ever experienced um, uh, losing someone and it it just feeling so hurtful. Um, I felt uh, frustrated, I felt angry, I was really confused, and um, I didn't know that I was downward spiraling into this really dark place of depression. And um, I probably spent maybe the first month after his death um, really just crying every single day. And it was probably at the end of that month that I realized how changed I felt, but I also realized that I didn't want other people to see it. And so um, I started to just really compartmentalize it and you know put it in the, in a place so that I could still show up. I could put my game face on and I could you know move on with my life. And it was probably uh, maybe almost a year after that that I found myself having uh, suddenly having anxiety attacks and I couldn't figure out why. Um, I couldn't figure out why there were days that I just felt sad the whole entire day, no matter what was happening in my life. And it was, um, you know, through, you know, that that experience that I realized that something was happening, but I still was hiding. I still was covering it up because it's kind of what I've always known how to do my whole entire life um, with anything that didn't feel good or anything that I didn't think looked good. And it was in that space in a matter of probably two years that I started to feel like these weird like physical symptoms. So it was emotional, it was physical, it was pain, it was um, just feeling like I didn't want to be um, uh, just just in the space that I was in with um, socially. And so I started to hide. And when I started to hide, my physical appearance started to change and I couldn't explain that either. So it was, um, you know, feeling tired, feeling achy. I started having really bad headaches and blurred vision, um, but I was still going to work every day. I was still putting my game face on. I was still trying to show up for life and for the world. And um, through that that time and, and space, um, just started to really um, have really deep, dark feelings of depression, but I didn't know what to call it. And it was in my darkest moment that I finally realized that the fact that I was hiding, the fact that I was putting on, you know, this this game face was really the, the thing that was killing me. And when I started to be a little more transparent, take a little more active role in my, um, in my health and really figuring out what was going on and what was wrong, finally discovered that <clears throat> I had a brain tumor. I'm sorry. <clears throat> finally discovered that I had a brain tumor and that I had this brain tumor really 
was what some might think of as like, okay, well, is this a death sentence or it, does this mean that like my life is gonna be over? But honestly, it was when I truly began to live. It was when I realized that I needed to live out loud. I needed to live on purpose. I needed to not apologize for not having it together, um, for not feeling, you know, for, for feeling like I had to, to be perfect in others' eyes. And that was the moment that I decided that I would take the mask off and that I would, you know, share my journey and share my story to um, hopefully inspire and encourage others that no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, maybe it's not a brain tumor, but that, you know, your story truly does, um, you know, it, it does inspire others, but it, it's also important to, you know, completely embrace everything that, that makes you who you are. And when I, you know, finally decided that, you know, just embracing my whole entire journey um, really made me who I am and just the power in being able to own, you know, everything that, that has, that I've experienced so that I could, you know, continue to live on purpose and continue to live out loud and encourage others to do the same. Davida mentioned trauma in her story, and um, trauma is just something that I've dealt with personally, and I think most people have dealt with in some context. And so if you are dealing with some level of trauma, whether it be you know something that you're experiencing or something that is um, being experienced that you've witnessed, uh, there is nothing like being able to apply the principles of self-help to that situation and one of our show sponsors loving healing press is a leader in trauma recovery books and um, books about self-help and really giving yourself the tools and the resources to be able to move from the pain into a sense of purpose and they have generously extended a 15 percent discount to any viewers or listeners of the Transformational Storyteller podcast. So if you want to avail yourself of that generous deal, go to www.lhpress.com and enter the coupon code DARALYS for 15% off at checkout. That's D-A-R-A-L-Y-S-E for 15% off. Davida, thank you again for being here today. I really appreciate it. I'm just so excited, so yeah. excited, just so honored. Thank you for the work that you're doing to, to share the stories of others. I love it. It's oh amazing. my gosh, absolutely. Because yeah. we, like, we are the sum of our stories, right? Absolutely. And that's kind of what dictates how we behave in the world and what we have to offer and the level of empathy that we have. And um, yeah, and speaking of stories, I mean, what you shared about your friend committing suicide, that must have been just devastating. Can you speak to that a little bit? Oh, it absolutely was. It, one of the things that I realized is that like just how like our own stories intersect like other people's stories. Yeah. And so I realized that like where I thought my story started with that experience, you know, it, it was his story too. And, and there were so many parts of it that I don't know. And so many parts that, so many things that I don't know about how, you know, how, how he finally got to the point where he made that decision. But it also, you know, really, was, it was such a traumatic experience for me that it, you know, it caused me to kind of shift my, my whole like life thinking. Yes, yes, and, 
And yeah. so I just, you know, I, I went through this, like this, this space of, I was angry, I was frustrated. I, I was trying to figure out, you know, was I a good friend? Could I have done something differently? And there were, there, there were so many things that were happening and they were all happening like internally. Yeah. So it wasn't really necessarily like having these conversations out loud with anyone, but those were all the things that I felt. And, and I think that that was, you know, how I knew that I was going to be changed forever because it was going to, it caused me to even think about all my other relationships, yeah. you know, how I showed up for, for other people. And, and then, you know, having to accept that I didn't, you know, I really didn't bear any guilt. It was, but it was releasing that, like releasing and, and understanding that, you know, his story was his story and his reasons were his reasons. And while it was hurtful, it did, it, I believe it helped me. No. Yes, absolutely. Well, and I mean, there's the story that we tell ourselves that we walk around with inside, and then there's the stories that we express to other people. And no matter how safe or loving or kind a friend you were, his choice not to share what he was going through, you know, I mean, it's, it, you mentioned masks earlier, and I think that sometimes it's like so hard to take our masks down that then we do bear all the pain inside. And it is, yeah. it is. And I think for, for me, it was understanding like how, why the mask in the first place. You know, I couldn't understand why I felt this need to like hide the pain that I was feeling. Um, and when it went from, you know, just trying to move past the, the hurt that I felt from his death, why was I still feeling so much pain? And then why did I feel like I needed to hide? Like, why did I feel like no one needed to see it? And and that's a, that was another like transformational like moment in my life because I realized that I had done that my whole entire life. Yes. And and um, and so then it was like trying to to go back and, and like now I need to tell myself my story. Like, how did you get here? I found myself, you know, at 36, you know, just having anxiety attacks, feeling tired, feeling achy, you know, hurting like from the time I opened my eyes to the time I closed them. And, you know, having these things that were happening physically inside my body that I was hiding. And, and I had to, like, you know, really do the work to try to figure out how did I get here? What work did you do to figure that out? So initially it was all like self-destruction. Like it wasn't good work. It was, <laughs> it was, no, I mean, because yeah. it, it was, and that's just being honest. It was, you know, continue to cover it up, continue to put the mask on. Don't tell people you don't feel good. You know, show up even when you, when you're, when you don't want to show up because you don't want anybody to think that you don't have it all together and you absolutely don't need help. Yeah. And so that was the work that I was doing. And that was, that was making things worse. And it was the moment that I realized that I had to, you know, I had to stop. I had to stop saying that I was okay when I wasn't. And the moment I did that, I opened this door and I opened the space for other people to step in and help. I opened the space for me to become my own advocate because I was going to the doctors and I was saying I, that all these things were going on and they were telling me that it wasn't. And they were telling me it was all in my head and that it was just because I was going through this deep, dark place of depression. And I knew that wasn't true. Yeah. But I, did, I didn't have, I didn't know my, I, I couldn't tell my story to help myself. Yes. But the moment I started saying, no, I, no, there is something going on. Like this is my body and I know that something's not right and really started pushing for answers. And that was, that was the moment, but it was also realizing that my story didn't start with my friend's death. Yeah. You know, it really, it started in my, in my childhood when I finally was able to embrace that at six years old, I learned how to put the mask on. Yeah. 
you know, from uh, being a product of molestation and that being traumatic enough, but the bigger trauma was not feeling protected. Yes. You know, yes. not having the person that I thought should protect me. And what it taught me was no one wants to see your pain. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. No one wants to see it. No one wants to see when you're hurt. And so I learned that I, I feel like that was a learned behavior. Oh, and then the mask is your way of protecting yourself. It's armor. And it is. the things that we develop as modes to survive, which at that time at six years old, that was critical. You needed that. That probably saved your life. Mm -hmm. But then at a certain point, it really starts to have the opposite effect and it starts to, it's killing you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was, and, and I always said, I, I knew I needed that. I knew I, I, to get through that experience and to, you know, to, 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 I guess, get to a point where I could move past it. I needed that at the time, but then it turned into every single time something showed up in my life that was traumatic. Um, I, I only knew how to, to cover it up and, and to deal with it internally. And I believe that my body ultimately paid the price. You know, it, I sacrificed, you know, my health and I didn't even know it. Right. Well, and I mean, you're really, what you're touching on is just the interconnectedness of mind, body, and spirit. And, you know, I, I don't believe in blame when it comes to health issues, and we never know exactly what caused what and what contributes to what. But just what you're speaking to is the sense that, like, maybe something about the health problems that you were going through had some roots in emotional pain and trauma. So. It, like how was how has your experience of that been? So absolutely. So one of the things that I was really frustrated about when I was going through just trying to navigate through like health professionals to figure out like what was going on, yeah. I felt like I was being treated like body parts, right? So I'd go to someone for my head. I'd had reproductive issues. I had, you know, um, uh, the emotional issues, and 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 so everybody was treating body parts and was saying, okay, I had yeah, suddenly at 36, you know, I developed hypertension, diabetes, and you know, was just just things were spiraling out of control. But I, one of the moments for me was to realize that, hey, I'm, I'm a whole person. Like I'm a whole person, yes. and so everything makes up you know, who I am and what's happening in my body. So I started to kind of take this more holistic pro approach that, you know, it is, it's my, it's my mental, it's my physical, it's what I put in my body. It's what I allow. I, I change. I had to change the negative energy that I was like, you know, uh, just, just in the company of, because it, it really, I realized that it fueled me. Oh yeah. Right. And yeah. so if I'm angry, I'm around someone who's angry and it, it makes me even more angry. And so I started to kind of separate myself from so many things and people because I really felt like I was fighting for my life. I felt like I needed to protect myself. So I knew it was that I knew it was the, the things that I ate or what I allowed, you know, myself to, to put into my body. But I also realized that, you know, there were some, some, some deep internal things that I hadn't released. Yeah, yeah. Right. I hadn't released that guilt. I hadn't released the, the feeling that like I had to have it all together, yes. you know, and that somehow, you know, if I was dealing with this hurt and this pain that I was falling apart. Right. Well, and you said, you know, I had to protect myself and the shift from self-protection being, I'm going to put these walls up. I'm going to put these masks on. I'm not going to let myself be seen to 
no, I'm going to be selective about who gets access to me. Like that, that feels like a monumental shift. So you're still protecting yourself, mm -hmm. but in a way, one way is hurting you and the other way is healing you. Absolutely. So one of the things that was really helpful for me was I, I had this, this the, the minute I started having conversations and it was mainly with other women and I would say, hey, you know, I feel sad all the time or hey, this is happening or, you know, my body is changing in this way. And to hear, you know, another woman say, hey, you know, I'm going through something very similar. And while it wasn't collectively everything that I was yeah. going through, I realized the power in that. And I realized like how sometimes I walked away feeling like, wow, maybe you're not crazy or maybe this is not like so you know abnormal and I wanted to open a space to have conversations with other women so that we could create this you know safe space to be able to kind of take the mask off yeah. and to say you know what today like I'm just I don't have it together like I'm just a hot mess and you know but but I'm working I'm working every day to try to be a better person and so why not create that space and so it started with a really like small Facebook group. Really? Mm -hmm. And it was, it, honestly, it was the thing that was fueling me because I was still really sick. I was getting sicker than ever. I had this, uh, you know, the, the, my symptoms and on top of the hypertension and diabetes, my hair started falling out. I had acne. I gained 40 pounds in three months. Oh, wow. there were, things were happening so fast. Because of the brain tumor? Because, yes. And, and that I didn't even know I had. Yes, it was, you know, yeah. this was all emotional. It was, you know, all these things that I was experiencing from with the pain yeah. that they had no explanation. There was no diagnosis for it. But it was in the midst of that that I started to I started this group, and it really was, it was the thing that like, you know, helped me get through the night because I was up every night anyway. I wasn't sleeping, oh, you know, I, because I was in so much pain. And when I opened that space and started having a conversation, saying, "Hey, you know, we don't have to share everything, but if we if we are honest enough to say." You know, I'm working on me, and, 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 and today's not a great day. Today I didn't have a great day. Just the power, the power like when we su support each other, yes. you know, and when we empower each other that like through all of those things that you think are ugly or you think are flaws, you're still beautiful. You're still amazing. Well, I think the whole notion of women supporting and empowering other women is something that, you know, I'll just speak to my own experience. I both crave it and I fear it. Mm -hmm because mm -hmm. I don't always mm -hmm. trust mm -hmm. like I you know and and similarly to you I've had some experiences in the past where my body was not treated with love or respect and so it's like how do you like as a woman I have a certain level of ambivalence so is that something that you dealt with I, yes and I, I think that the point that I was at with my sickness is the thing that caused me to make a hard shift. So it went from not trusting, you know, not wanting other people to see the flaws to re to to really feeling like I have to do something different and it and it needed to be drastic. So I know and I understand that that's not going to be everyone's experience, right? They may have to figure out, okay, how do how can I trust even if it's still with boundaries? How can I, yeah. you know, but when I realized that like I own my truth, yes. like only me, yes. right? And so if I share it with you and you spin it and you decide that, you know, I own it, I own it. And if I'm the first to own it, if I'm the first to say, hey, listen, here's where I messed up. Here's where I could have done something different or here's what I did really, really great. If I own it, there's nothing, like I don't have to worry about what anybody else 
can do with it. Does yes. that make sense? Yes. Um, and, and that was like, that was a, the, the dramatic moment for me. I felt like I was in a fight for my life. Well, you were. You were in a fight for your life. And I think even if someone isn't dealing with a uh, brain tumor, even if someone's health is not falling apart, like there is an emotional life, there's a spiritual life. And if someone, you know, is going through this world totally concealed and shut off and not being vulnerable and not being open, they're not really alive either. So I think we're, all of us really have to be some level of vulnerable in order mm -hmm. to be alive, mm -hmm. right? No, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And that was, that was, uh, you know, really, life-changing for me because I did I felt like I wasn't living I felt like I was getting up every day I was going through the motions and I was doing all the things that I I was you know I was moving in my career I was in leadership I was a mom and but I, I, I felt like I wasn't living I felt like I wasn't alive because there was there were so many parts of me that I didn't even know or understand yes. but it was in those those I call it you know my moments of transparency you know when when I'm the most honest with myself and then I can say it out loud is to me like those are that that's when I can make the change. That's when I can like see myself and say, okay, here's what you need to do different. And so um, on my journey to you know just figuring out my health, I was doing all types. Of, I was taking all types of medication. I was going to the doctors. I was taking medication to wake up, go to sleep, you know, to to lift my you know. I was taking antidepressants, and I finally got tired. I was like, you know, I I, I want to you know figure out if this is this is my life, then I have to figure out how I'm going to continue because I don't want to give up. Um, I was absolutely living for, you know, at the time, my eight-year-old yeah. daughter who was seeing all the pain. She was seeing the things that no one else saw. And I realized that I had to do something different and finally decided I was coming off all the medication. Wow. And I described the symptom like I always did to my doctor. And that's when he discovered the symptom that was the telltale. Wow. And it was like in that space that I said, you know, I, I finally got validated. Everything was validated. I was diagnosed with a disease called Cushing's disease. Yes. And it is your body's um, overproduction of your stress hormone, cortisol. So it's, you know, it's your fight or flight. That is yes. the, the hormone that kicks up when you are in a traumatic situation. And it's the thing that tells you, your body, that, hey, you need this protection, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional. And so how life-changing for was that for me because that really pushed me to do that work. And you know, it explained it, all these me, things that you were going through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I started doing research and I read that, like, you know, when the, when the body is first introduced to, to trauma, you know, that how the body reacts becomes, like, how the way it reacts every time. Uh -huh. And so I always, I, I, and it took me a really long time to even be able to say it out loud and tell the story, but the most traumatic moment for me was that moment when I stood and, you know, told my mom that this, this thing happened and her response, and her response was to, you know, never say anything. And I remember like the tense feeling. And I think about like every time I experienced something, I became that, that, that eight year old little girl again. Oh, Davida, and the invalidation. Mm -hmm of your story. I mean, you spoke about, you know, I'm the only one who owns my story. But when you did express your story at six years old, someone told you, well, don't say anything. Right. And so that was, right. you know, and I'm not, I'm sure your mom has her own story and her oh, own absolutely. reasons as to why she would have responded in that way. But what it did inside of you mm -hmm. 
was taught you to shut down yes, your totally. truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I do. I you know the the the, the beautiful part about I think just this whole like w life work, I think is understanding that everybody has a story. Yeah. And so it took me 30 something years to finally be able to say, you know, I know my mom, has, she has her own story and I don't know all the details for her story, but it, it absolutely, you know, led into, into mine. And so I could be angry. I could still, I could not forgive. Yes. I could, you know, feel all those things that I felt growing up or I could just accept it and accept that, you know, I own my part yeah. and now I get to own what happens next. Right. Yeah. So am I going to live in this space? Am I going to stay angry? Am I going to stay frustrated? And I said, no, I, I really felt like when I got the diagnosis and they found that it was a brain tumor and I was told that it's a brain tumor that we can remove Yeah. <laughs> and wow. you could get, you know, 90% of your health back. Wow. I felt like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to live, like yeah, absolutely yeah, live on yeah. purpose. And I have to leave all of that other stuff behind and really open and create a space to, to, to encourage other people to do the same thing because it, it, it absolutely, you know, saved my life. Oh yeah. And if you, I mean, it saved your life and it sounds like it gave you a whole different way of being alive that you would not have had access to. Mm -hmm if not for coming through something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it helped me, um, uh, like I said, accept that I'm a whole person, my whole body, everything. Yeah. And so I have to take care of all of me. And so that means that, you know, I, I was very, I've always been very career driven and, and, and motivated, like self-motivated, yeah. but realizing that there are other parts of me. So I love being a mom. You know, I love sometimes just taking care of myself, just taking some time for me so that I could, you know, rejuvenate myself. I'm, I'm yeah. spiritual and, and understanding that, like, I have to take care of all parts. Like yes. all parts so that yes. I can show up a hundred percent and I can show up um, and and be you know transparent and, and be you know in the position to um, you know just to kind of share you know share that with the world yeah well and that like what you're talking about is such a paradigm shift it's such a shift of how you see yourself how you see the world like what if I was to look at your life as an outsider what would I notice different from what it was like before to what it is now? Like, what are the, the tangible things? Because I think there's so, there are a million intangible things. So what are some of the big ways that you've made changes after that? So the, the big shift, so after I had my first, uh, and I say first because there were two. Okay. Um, I had my first brain surgery in September of 2014 wow. and actually my anniversary was just a few days ago yeah. um and after that I, I remember just like being at home and, and I'm like in the bed and, and I'm writing and I'm writing and I'm writing to God and I'm saying you know God when I get out of this bed yeah like I'm walking I'm walking in purpose I don't know what this is going to look like yeah. but whatever it, it it looks like and so one of the the big shifts that I I made was I, I moved into you know the space of like how do I put myself in a space where I can help others and I can do, you know, what's more than just like the career, the career kind of, it'll help me and help my family. But like, how does that affect? Cause what was your career? Before? So I, um, I've been in healthcare, in healthcare, okay. um, healthcare sales yeah. for, um, quite a few years prior to getting sick. And I wanted to be able to, I felt like there, there has to be a purpose. There had to be a purpose for this pain, a purpose for, you know, this whole journey. And so um, I moved into the coaching space. Yeah. 
And that was, you know, that was that was huge for me because I just I felt like, you know, if we could just have conversations or if, if people had a space where they could work through these life things, yeah. you know, like how do we get out of our own way? Oh right? my gosh. And as someone who, you know, I've, I've coached people, I've been coached by people. I, whether I'm on the coaching side or the side of the person in need of the coaching, like it is so inspirational being able to work with someone that has been through some stuff live to tell the tale and learn the lessons themselves. And I just feel like your, your experiences must make you a phenomenal coach. I, you know, I, 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 my, my hope, my prayer really is just that, that I help, you know, that I help someone, um, you know, do their own work, right? Because my work is not going to look like your work. Right. And so what, what the things that I did, and I did, you know, I put it, I put my experiences together in a book. Um, and so I wrote a book probably two years after my first surgery, 2016, and it was tell the whole story, <laughs> um, embrace your journey to become amazing on purpose. And really that was birthed out of, I want to be able to share my story, but I also, I want to be able to create a framework for people to tell their own story and to do their own work because what worked for me may not work for you. And so I shared the, the things that I didn't do so great, like yes. the mask and the hiding and the covering up. And then some of the things that I did to, to finally you know, accept and then release, release the guilt, release all these things. And that really was birthed out of, I wasn't telling the story of being molested as a yeah. child. I wasn't telling the story of not feeling, you know, not always feeling loved and supported and not feeling protected. And it was it came out of a conversation with some young ladies who were in a in a much tougher situation that I ever found myself in. They were in a juvenile detention center and they were talking about like their their house and being molested and being, you know, not having relationships with their parents. And at the same time, I showed up to just kind of speak and give. Yeah. And they were saying, oh, you look great. You look you know, they were telling me that I was I was beautiful. And and I'm thinking like I didn't say anything at the time. But I'm thinking they have no idea that this picture is not telling the whole story. Yeah. And that was like, that was the moment for me that, you know, what if we told, you know, our, the, the, our young women that, you know, how it looks today, like all the things that it took to get here. Right. Right. And that while it may not feel like it, everything that you're experiencing right now it's going to shape who you're going to become. Oh, absolutely. And and it's not like a you get from this place to some destination and then that's and then it that's and it. then you're done. Right. I'm so I'm sure that at times you have moments of wanting to put that mask on or even putting it on and then being like, "Oh, oops, okay, got to take it off again." Or moments of reacting in that same mm -hmm. way that you reacted oh, as a child. And yeah, and so for people to know that too is so important. Absolutely, absolutely. And I always say that, you know, the, the journey continues. Like you, you, you're, you're forever, you know, on this path and on this journey of becoming, right? And, and of just, you know, and just embracing the journey. And so it, it's gonna look different. So it looks totally different for me. You know, I've, I've experienced two brain tumors. I've, you know, um, had the opportunity to change careers a few times and shift kind of like my, my, uh, my business and working with other, you know, women entrepreneurs and, and helping them 
and create some, some, some structure in their business so that they can create freedom. But I've also shifted into my 40s and into the mother of a teenager. Yeah. And so then that looks different. And so you're right, those things do show up. They show back up. So some days when I look at my 15-year-old and who's, who has at times is unsure, at times I see the insecurity that she feels and I remember, I remember how I felt, I remember how I reacted yeah. when um, you know I was looking for something to tell me that like I wasn't always going to feel this pain, you know. And so sometimes those things, you know, I, I'm I'm looking at it and it's like, okay, how do I still work, you know, operate in this work, right? And not go back because I need to. I, I know that I need to be there for her. Yeah, and she, sometimes in the being there for her, it is letting her know. It's being a mother who can share, you know what, I have felt that mm -hmm. and this is what I did. Or mm -hmm. uh, like, or or tell me how you're feeling, let me just listen, let me absorb, mm -hmm. let me not invalidate, let me be there for you in mm -hmm. the way that, because of whatever was going on, you know, at some moments. I didn't have it. Yeah, right. I didn't have it. Right. Yeah. And even, and that is still understanding again that everybody's story is their own because I felt like from the day I had her, that was my mission. My mission was that I was going to be the mother that I didn't have, right? Yeah. And I was going to, you know, and, and so then in a lot of ways that meant I was going to be perfect. I was going to be, you oh, know, I was going to be there and she was going to yeah. be open and accepting. Yeah. But I have to realize that my story is not her story. So on the days that like she absolutely does not want to hear, yes. <laughs> you know, she doesn't want to hear my transparency. She doesn't want to, and, and not that she doesn't want to, but she doesn't at this point, yeah. you know, she doesn't even know, I think what she wants or what she needs. But I have to understand that like, this is her story. And this is like, she's now in her, you know, walking her journey. And so I get to influence it because I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna, I'm still working to be the mother that I didn't have, but no one understanding that I have to kind of let her, and that's hard, that's a hard thing. Oh yeah. To let her walk her own journey. And let her fall down when she, you know, mm -hmm. needs to, and mm -hmm. be there to mm -hmm. help her up or dust mm -hmm. off her knees or whatever. But like, yeah, let her have that. And I find it hard you know, I, I I don't have children yet, but I feel like I would find it incredibly hard to let them have their own human experience. And I also found it very hard to let my mom be a human being. Like I find it very hard on both sides, what mm -hmm. to have mm -hmm. parents or children and not either pedestalize them or hold them to a higher standard. Or like mm -hmm. there's something about that sort of love that it just, it almost like gets in our way sometimes. Oh, absolutely, I think. Yeah. absolutely. And that, and that even yes, that was a hard work too. It was understanding again that my mom had her own story, and that some of the choices, decisions that she made as a mom and as a parent, you know, may have started with the story before her. You know, with yes. her mom's story. And so just knowing and understanding that, and learning how to like love her for where she is and who she is today. And seeing that, like, the person, the woman that she is, the grandmother that she is, is not the person she was yeah. when I, you know, at, when I was six years old. Yeah. And, and being okay with that. And that has taken, sometimes that's the, the biggest work because it's, you know, accepting that you could stay in this space of being angry and frustrated, but she's not even that person anymore. 
-hmm. right? And so, and, and that's how I'm able to love her. I'm able to say, okay, I can, I love you where we are today so that we could, you know, we can move forward. And, you know, then you just kind of hope that like the same thing passes on. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, and it almost feels like that's how you are in your relationship with yourself. Like, I love you as you are today, even knowing that you, meaning like you to yourself have committed some some hurts, some wounding, and like, and being able to kind of reconcile that, and that's something that I dealt with as well as someone who used to be so unkind to myself, mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. forgiving myself for that unkindness, mm -hmm. but also rebuilding trust, trust takes a long, even rebuilding self-trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of my book, and actually, it was work that I did when I was in therapy. It was to write a letter to myself. And in that letter, it was, you know, I forgive you. I forgive you for not putting yourself first, for not taking care of yourself, for, you know, allowing yourself to, to be mistreated. You know, I, for, I forgive you, you know, for, you know, all the, the, the days and nights that you didn't put you first, right? And, and you didn't see your own beauty, yes. right? And see your own self-worth. And, and I had to do that. Like I had to do that work so that I could truly say, okay, you know, you, you've made amends with yourself. Now it's time to move on. Like it's yes. time to, to, to redefine like what, you know, what you want the, the rest of your, your life and your story to be. And, and it, we don't get it right every day. Right. So it's a, I say it's a daily work. It's yeah. a daily work to, you know, the, the, that's the journey to becoming, I say call it becoming amazing is, you know, it's that daily work every day I get up, you know, I didn't have such a great day. And sometimes, you know, even relationships or, or whatever life situations, yeah. you're not always going to be, you know, I guess, feel like you're your best, but making sure you don't fall back into that, into that place. And you just continue to do the work, continue to work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it is, I mean, you mentioned being spiritual and I feel like spirituality is a practice, life is a practice, right? And so we just kind of keep doing things and course correcting. And sometimes the things that you've done that were really successful at one point, stop working mm -hmm. and then you got to course mm -hmm. correct and do because something else. And yeah, yeah. And so how you mentioned that you coach now. Um, so talk a little bit about that and how you help people to practice being their best, most amazing selves. So Really, it is about um, just kind of accepting, accepting or, you know, being very transparent about who you are and then, you know, doing the work to kind of get out of your own way. Because most times it's us. It's us yes. in our own way. So when I think about, like, you know, I had all these experiences and, and I still was, you know, showing up and, and, and feeling like I had to have it all together. It was really me. I was like, I was blocking, you know, I was blocking my way to healing. I was yeah. blocking my way to, to finally, you know, uh, um, shifting, you know, my life and my mindset. And so it's like, how do you do that work to get out of your own way? But then also, you know, acknowledging, understanding that you have to take the time for you. You have to take the time to do the work, take the time for self-care. Um, and, and, and then also, you know, accepting that, yeah, you have goals, you have things that you want to accomplish. I'm very goal oriented. Yeah. I'm very like systematic. Like I like to plan and, and really figure out like what this should look like, but accepting that life is going to happen along the way. And so a big part of, of the coaching that I do and now even having the business shift of working with entrepreneurs is, you know, I, I have all these goals. I have my plan. I know exactly what it is that I need to do. How do I still show up for all of those things and show up for myself even when life happens? 
So like life, you know, life 2.0 for me was, you know, I, I'm, I have my surgery, I'm living my best life and um, I feel like I'm, I'm walking in purpose and I'm speaking and I'm writing and I'm coaching and finally moved to a space where I left my corporate job and I get diagnosed all over again with another brain tumor. Oh no. Right? And and I'm in this space where I feel like, you know, I felt like God was saying, hey, you have this amazing work to do with women. I'm gonna create the space so you can do it. Leave your job, do it full time. And then I got sick. And it was like, okay, now what? Right? How, wow. how, and to me that was, how do you still accomplish everything? You know, accomplish your goals, show up for life, show up for your purpose when life happens because life is always going to happen oh it is i had no i felt like uh, i felt like someone had let the air out of like a balloon for me because i didn't i, I didn't see it coming i didn't see the second time around coming well, especially because you were doing everything right then and i think sometimes i have this magical thinking like well you know if things aren't going my way it's because i'm doing something wrong and there's something and this is where i kind of like somewhat believe in manifestation and alignment work, but not completely, because it makes me feel guilty and ashamed. Like if something Right, like I've done all life. this work and this yeah, still is happening. right, like what is this even about? That, that was yeah. my conversation with God. I'm like, God, we did this before. Like I thought I learned the lesson. Like what are, what are we doing here? But I, I, I truly believe that like every experience, there is a lesson and, and, and it's all designed, you know, for a different reason and a different purpose. And for me, it was, that was going to be the moment that I was going to be full time in this work and in this, you know, truly operating in this purpose. Yes. I felt like I probably started to not tell the story as much because I wanted I didn't want people to see the story so much. I wanted them to, you know, kind of see the space that I was entering in business. Mm. And I feel like that was the moment that God was like, no, you're going to help women in business with this story. Yeah. And it was a reminder that, you know, if you're going to show people how do I accomplish goals when life shows up, you're going to have to live it. And it was living it. It was, you know, I've had never been uh, employed by myself, you know, full time ever. Yeah. I'd always worked for someone. I knew what that looked yes. like. I knew what that stability looked like. And so now you're going to get through this this next year with this challenge because, you know, I have to show up to to provide. I have to show up to make the money. And so if I'm if you're sick and and, and there are days that I just I just couldn't do it and and I had to take care of myself but still fight through that because I still have a family, I still have a mortgage, yeah. I still have, you know, uh, responsibilities. And to be able to come out of that, like that was another story. And that was something that I would, I would be able to talk to my clients about. Yeah. You know, did you accomplish your goals that you set out for this month? And why or why not? Well, this happened and this showed up, yeah. right? And so what is, it, what is the work that you could do that even when those things show up, when life happens, that you still can at the yes. end of it, accomplish those goals. Well, and I love too that you mentioned your purpose being tied to your story, because I firmly believe in that. And I also think that sometimes, you know, pain is very, it's a very present thing, right? So like when we're in the pain, we feel it. I think that's why people have multiple children, because they go through the agony of childbirth and then it's over and no. you forget about it. And then it's like, oh, you know, I would never, if I could recall sufficiently how much this hurt, I probably wouldn't do it again. And so I think that there's something about the fact that you had this incredibly traumatic and painful experience. It gave you your purpose. And then as you got away from it, you started to get away from 
the story that drove you, but it sounds like after the second experience, you really got present to why you're doing the work that you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And realizing that it was bigger than me, like the story was bigger. It's the, the and, and I, I believe that I think that that's the power, like when we share our story and we share our journey is understanding that it's bigger than us and that a lot of times things that happen don't necessarily, they don't all happen just for us, but they, they really happen to help others and to, you know, encourage and inspire and, and put, you know, put that, that, um, those victories and those, those, you know, that overcoming, like, you know, feeling out into the, into the world yeah. and into the, so that other people can, can yeah. grab it. And so that's when you realize that like, this is not, this is not about me. And so I have to figure out, I'm going to figure out how to show up, how to get out of this bed and, you know, and still, still be there for my purpose and for the people that I believed were, you know, assigned to, to my purpose, um, despite like, whatever's happening yeah and, and, that's a, and partially because of whatever's happening mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. yeah that's mm -hmm. life is meant to be lived in all its messy beautiful right? absolutely yeah, absolutely yeah. well and speaking of stories and your story so this podcast is called the transformational storyteller podcast and you know i'm sure you know this from raising a daughter but like you know remember those childhood fairy tale stories and you read them and there's always a moral or a lesson or a theme. And I'm just wondering like if you, if someone were to read the story of your life, what would the theme or the lesson that be that you'd, what, what lesson would you want them to walk away with? Um, I think there's so, there's so many, cause I feel like I, I'm continually learning, yes, learning lessons, yes. but I think it's, you know, it, it really is accepting and embracing um, you know, your, your life, no matter what it looks like. And that, you know, the, that of course the picture doesn't always tell the whole story. And so that sometimes you, you see, you know, you see someone or even yourself and you may, you know, you may look a certain way and you may show up a certain way, but knowing and understanding that, um, if it's a good place that, you know, there may have been a lot of work to do to get there. You know, and if it's not a good place that maybe it's time to take off the mask and, and truly, you know, do the work to, to see yourself for who you are so that you can, you can show up how you look. Yes. And so I, I, for a long time, I felt like I put that mask on and I just showed up. And one of the things that was really, I think, transformational for me was for when I would show up after and people say, you just look different. And I'm like, oh, I look the same. I'm back to, to myself. It was like, but the difference wasn't here. Yeah. Like this has nothing to do with it. It really is, you know, everything on the inside. And so I think that, you know, the, the lesson I think is, is really to just embrace, embrace the whole journey. Well, and I think, you know, that, that our outsides sometimes can reflect our insides as you're speaking about mm -hmm. in a, in a positive, positive or way, negative right. way. Mm -hmm. But I also think that's part of why I have such an ambivalent relationship to social media, because sometimes what you see, like, you know, we see these other people and it feels like they are their mask and then you peer behind and, and it's not, and it just creates such a sense of loneliness, right? It does, yeah. it does, it absolutely does. So I love that you're empowering people to say like, okay, well, what, what is your truth? How do you express it? How do you live it? And then how do you let your outward life and your appearance be reflective of your true inner life? And what work do you need to do to sync those 
to synchronize those. Absolutely, and it is. It's 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 that daily work, and it's that, you know, it is. It's that thin line, like you said on on social media. You see it, and it's like, wow, you know, I wish my life looked like that. And so before really social media got like big, that was how I felt. You know, I would see just another woman, and I would say, oh, she, you know, there at least has it all together. Look at her. She's beautiful. She just she look like she has no care in the world. Oh my. And God. and and that was I. You know, I felt like. She couldn't possibly feel what I feel, you know, she couldn't possibly know or have experienced some of the things that I've experienced. And that was the, the power in taking that mask down and realizing that, you know, that that um, that it is a mask and that there is so much beauty and transparency and how we help and empower each other, yes. you know, really was what birthed what you know this whole experience and i think that it, it's 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 a it's a much harder work now with social media and and you know there's just this big image of like what good should look like or what happy looks like and and beautiful and and all of those things yeah. and and so it's just a continued work it's you got to do even more work but i think I today i think it brings us back to what you were speaking about at the beginning of the interview like the idea of women really sharing openly and honestly and with vulnerability because then we do get to see like, oh yeah, Davida might look like she has it all together and in many ways you do and there's been this pain that has gone on for you. There's these other struggles, mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. health challenges that come up mm -hmm. and, and being able to really relate to each other as individuals creates more of a space for imperfection in you and in me. And me, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So if people, you know, speaking of social media um, <laughs> and all of that, like if people want to get in touch with you, they want to find out more about the coaching work that you do, or they want to just link up and read your book and hear your story, like how, what's the best way for people to connect with you? So social media, of course. So my website is uh, davidagarfield.com. Okay. And that's D-A-V-I-T-A-G-A-R-F-I-E-L-D.com. Yes. yes. Okay. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then on social media, um, on Instagram, it's uh, Davida underscore empowerment now. Okay. Davida empowerment now on um, Facebook as well and LinkedIn, Davida Garfield, Twitter, Davida Garfield. Oh, great. Yeah. And we'll put a link on, on the show notes so that people can uh, get connected and and possibly get some coaching or buy you know buy your book because your story is so impactful and I know we didn't get into all of it right um, or all of the work that you do but I just hope that people can feel encouraged to let their mask down even if it's just with one or two safe people but mm -hmm. because like we all want to own our stories right? absolutely yeah thank you so much thank you thank you so much for having me for creating a space, it's yeah, awesome. Thank you. It's awesome work. I feel so lucky and so blessed to have had Davida on talking about her experiences of getting back up after having gotten down. And um, one of our show sponsors, a lifestyle and clothing brand for women, Just Strong, has the squat as their symbol because they know that true strength comes in the process of getting up after life gets you down. And they've offered 10% off to any of our show listeners or viewers. Um, all you have to do to take advantage of that offer is go to www.juststrong.com and enter the coupon code DARALEASE10 for 10% off at checkout.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Transformational Storyteller Podcast. As always, thanks to our episode sponsors, our production team at Rebel Hill Consulting, and of course, many thanks to you, the listener. Whoever you are, wherever you are, I hope you're creating stories that empower you and inspire others.